Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back, everyone, to the pod. We've got some great guests on the pod today, and we'll talk about that in a second. We did want to quickly say, you know, as this is being released, as you're listening to this, we will have just finished Labor Day and, you official know... Official end of summer. Official end of summer, official start of the new school year. So just a quick PSA. Don't forget that as a school year starts, don't be afraid to ask for an IEP right away. If there's something that was left unanswered at the end of last school, year, if something changed over the summer, if you're just wanting to make sure that all the teachers are on the same page, like you don't have to wait for the school team to schedule your annual or next IEP. Feel free to ask for it right away. I like to give two weeks, you know, that's the honeymoon phase. So see how the first week, sometimes they start on Tuesday, sometimes they start on Thursday. Okay, that's, you know, everybody's getting back to the group of things. Then let another week pass. You know, they're only human. There's a lot going on at the beginning of the year and your requests will get, I think, answered better or more quickly. Obviously they have 30 days from the day that you request the meeting, but you know, if you want a preferred time and and of course always they should try to accommodate your time, but with the beginning of the year, there are just a lot of things already on calendar. Mm -hmm. So I like to give it, and then that way you have a lot to discuss. Hey, it's been two, three weeks. You know, by the time that you had the IEP, it's been about Mm -hmm. six weeks. And so then there's a lot that you can discuss, especially if things are not going well, instead of just being like, hey guys, we're here. Yeah, and with that like 30 days, what I like to say is if there's something that you're just unsure about or you're not sure how a student is taking to a new class or a new type of class, a good thing to say is, look, we want an IEP within the next 30 days. We'd like you to take some baseline data on X, Y, and Z. So if over the summer you saw an increase in elopement behaviors, you can be very specific and say, we'd like you to take some data on elopement behaviors because then that way you get to that IEP, they have data. You can have a discussion. It's not oh, well, now we need to take data. So it's oftentimes a good, helpful, like, you don't need to hide the ball. Let them know what it is that you'd like to talk about, and they're more likely to come prepared to discuss it. And with that, having two people from Autism Speaks on our podcast today sheds a lot of light on that task initiation. What do we do, right? Amanda just gave a really good piece of advice about, hey, ask them to do data, be really inclusive, get them involved so that it's not them just being like, well, why are we having this meeting? You know, it's just behavior. Like, we have, we're not seeing behavior. Okay, well, let's take some data. And what's really exciting with having Autism Speaks um, and us just kind of even realizing as a nonprofit, they've only been around for 15 years. They started with awareness, you know, what is autism? We get into a really great discussion with Tracy, who actually has a son living with autism. I think he's like 22 now. Um, And just her journey within the organization, her own personal journey, and just how intentional autism really, Mm -hmm. autism speaks has been. So she talks about being fiercely determined as a parent and how she's used her passion and what she's living every day in her organization and really how they're spreading, you know, those resources to the community. So we talk about a lot of great stuff, a lot of things that are on the horizon for autism speaks. I mean, we always say this, we can talk to these people all day, but we really enjoyed this conversation and we hope that you guys enjoy it as well. So enjoy. Enjoy.
We've actually made it. We have Autism Speaks here. It's pretty major for us. We have Tracy and Jackie. They're gonna go into just everything that you need to know about Autism Speaks, but for Amanda and I, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm one of our law clerks, Lauren actually has the puzzle piece symbol. As a tattoo. As a yeah. tattoo, yeah. yeah. I wow. don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I was talk. hoping that's what you were that's saying. I, I don't going. know. Yeah, yeah. No, we had done like a team building event where several No, don't say team building event. No. And you Phil got tattoos? I, no, Phil and I did not <laughs> We didn't force no, them. It no. was just all no, uh, no. We all were planning on getting one until we went together. How oh, great. Vicky and Philip our associate did not go. I no. got the lucky no, we few symbol. And so, we yeah. We were there. They were there, but they didn't participate. That's funny. My mom is gonna have a heart attack. No. <laughs> oh yeah. I did not get a tattoo. Nancy says she didn't get one. I My promise. Lord. I didn't force her. We have temporary tattoos, so oh, anyone that feels some know. some pressure, we can help you out. Tracy for the win. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, we're really excited today. We have Tracy and Jackie and Tracy. Why don't you let us know a little bit about what you do at Autism Speaks? Sure. So I'm Tracy McDonald. I'm the executive director for the Southern California chapter. I actually am a boomerang for the organization, oh, okay. which I did not realize was a trendy thing, but <laughs> I'm so rarely trendy. <laughs> I actually was with the organization about 10 years ago, okay. and then we moved to Canada and we just came back. So what I love about what I get to do is really looking at what can we do here in Southern California. Yeah. It's talking about things you know, like employment, and Spanish language, and yeah. what do we need to do here in our local market? I mean, Autism Speaks is a large national, international mm -hmm. organization, is, yeah. which is great, but there's also things that we need to be doing in a local market. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love about our position is that it's not about just us, it's about what can we do within the community? That there are so many amazing organizations in Orange County and in Los Angeles, and how do we all fit together? Because there's mm -hmm. a role for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, one organization yeah. can't be all things to all people. Nope. So, how do we have those conversations and just help each other? Because, right. you know, there's a lot of work to do. And, you know, the more people we have involved, the better it is for, you know, our kids and our families. Absolutely. So I'm really big on, you know, meeting with other organizations, being part of the community. How are we all working together? I think one of the great things that Autism Speaks can do as a national organization is really provide that structure or that framework. So if you're a new organization, we have a great resource guide. Mm -hmm. People that just get diagnosed, they come to our website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then you can search you know, here's my zip code, what's in 20, 30, 50 miles of me, and they can find those organizations because yeah. it's really hard sometimes to do a Google search. One, you, do, you have to know what you're asking for. Right. Right. And if you're right. new, you don't know what you're asking you, for, right? Right. 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 You're, right. Going, yeah. you're like, yeah. tell me everything I don't know about autism. <laughs> right. But that's what's so nice about Autism Speaks, and I mean, just even the symbol. That's mm -hmm. the first thing that a lot of people think of. I feel like I see commercials like yeah. on the television yeah. now, which is huge, right? That's still a medium that people get a lot of their information. Yeah. And for me, seeing an organization, like I don't feel like I used to see like nonprofits. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you just, mm -hmm. you stay home, you watch Prices Right, you know, during school and you see AARP commercial. Like, you know what or, I'm saying? Or the ASPCA, the sad animals. Oh, yes. well, yeah, now they're sad. Well, but I time. think it's all so my son's 22 <laughs> and has autism and you know 
18 years ago, you had to, I had to explain that he wasn't artistic, you know, oh, because uh, just people, not even knowing people had no idea what autism was yeah. or they had a very limited Rain Man Label. type yes. of yeah. association. Yeah. And, you know, I had to have, it was hard because when Griffin got diagnosed, you're trying to process all of this and then, you know, have to explain and answer all your parents' questions. I'm like, no, I didn't cause it. Thanks, Mom. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, she's in New York. She. <laughs> you know, but all of those questions, and and I think it's something that is very personal for a lot of people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's hard not to take those questions personally. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that we now have all these toolkits. You know, we have one for the parents. We have one for grandparents. Because, you know, they're going to have a very different experience. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, that I'm not really able to address a lot of her questions without getting super defensive. Mm -hmm. So how do we talk about that? Things like, you know, how do you then educate your teachers or your dentist Mm -hmm. or, you know, I feel like. The soccer coach. the Yeah. It's like anyone that, that you know, there's. So much. And so I really appreciate that now a lot of that information is out there. And I think for people that are new to this or maybe their kids aren't adults yet, it's hard to kind of fathom that none of this was there before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I look at adults that are, you know, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, there was nothing. Nothing. And I think they've done a remarkable job. So the amount of resources that are available today is just, even though there's always work to be done, right? Never a shortage of that, but at least there's starting points or there's information that's available. And, you know, I think Autism Speaks spent at least the first, when we first came on board about 15 years ago, it was all about awareness because people had never heard that. Yeah, they can't figure out what they need to do and where they need to go until they even know that it's something that can be done or, you know, that's what we always say. And most people who need our support don't even know that there's a problem half the time, let alone that they can get help and that there's people there to help. Yeah. And, you know, I think especially with autism, it's so complicated, you know, that... I think when we all kind of first got into this, you thought it was, okay, it's this, and then we'll do this, and it'll equal the this. stereotypical right. kids with autism, they need help with, you know, eye contact, and they have problems with social skills, but that's yeah. just such a stereotypical classification, I guess. Well, just even, it's a spectrum, right? right? Yes. People just, like, not even understanding that. Like, autism is the yeah. umbrella term, and yeah. each are unique. <laughs> yes. So don't try to label him this and think it's just yeah. this. Which, I mean, I remember all of a sudden it was, you know, people were asking, well, why are so many kids diagnosed with autism? And it's like, it's not that it's just all of a sudden this epidemic yeah. that these kids are being diagnosed. It's like now people know what to look for. And yeah. there were people with autism 50 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I think that that was something that autism speaks did very well, you know, really using the label. Cause we always talk about, you know, labels are for clothes, but that's just how people, they like to categorize yes. things. But I think autism speaks did a really great job of putting the awareness out there without yeah. really stigmatizing yeah. it and taking that stigma away. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I like now that our mission statement really, it is a bit long, but I like to shorten it down, uh, bite size, that it's really about, you know, across the spectrum throughout the lifespan, yeah. which is a lot. I mean, yeah. that is a very, very broad, 
broad term, but that, you know, we recognize that there are lots of issues. And I think what's difficult sometimes, my son's more on the lower end of the spectrum. And, you know, so I'm very concerned about, you know, is he going to be able to get a job? What's Mm -hmm. his housing look like? Mm -hmm. He's our only child. What happens when we're gone? Mm -hmm. But, you know, recognizing that people on the high end of the spectrum, their challenges are different. Mm -hmm. They look very different Mm -hmm. from what Griffin struggles with. But there's still really some big challenges there, but there's also lots of capabilities. So it is this huge spectrum and, you know, a multitude of needs and how do we help address some of those and what does that look like? It is the ultimate proverbial onion. Yeah. Or like a dozen onions, right? Right. Every onion's a little different, but there's just so much to work on. And I appreciate that we're also looking, you know, not just at We know early diagnosis, incredibly important. The sooner you can get Mm -hmm. interventions, the better your trajectory. But, you know, you're an adult with autism way longer than you're a child with autism. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like we're really getting to this tipping point now because as we've done a really good job, I think, awareness, early Mm -hmm. intervention, things like that. But that first kind of cohort population is now aging Mm -hmm. and they're all 20 and above and we're all like what now i think so many people when they think about a person living with autism they're thinking about children yes because that's if people are getting exposed a lot of times that's right a child is getting diagnosed they're young a lot of what's portrayed in like mainstream media and like tv shows most of them are kids they're not adults so i think it's become this oh well it's just a childhood ailment but it's yeah it's bigger than that or they get cured and then they can function in society and you know it's one of those deals where it's just like no (laughs) yeah that's you know i'm left-handed and that's where i'm at like that's just one of those things right or i suppose and i think that now being able to recognize and seeing how you can pivot and you know you talking about the community and really you know now what do i need what tools can i give you right so that you can continue your journey in a productive way and it goes from right at the beginning you know for those parents i think you had mentioned like a hundred day kit right so is that Correct. kind of following like after a diagnosis of autism? Yes, so a couple things, Yeah. because you brought up some oh, great yeah, points. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> just so I don't forget. Yeah, no, um, we have actually taken the word cure out of our mission, Excellent. which is, I think to really, it's funny, that's actually something I've struggled with a bit, only because I think one, it depends on your perception, yes. that it's, we don't want to give the impression that there's anything wrong, wrong or right. that, this, it's a very controversial word, I think. Yes. I think where we all come from is that we all love our kids 100%. Yes. And like any parent, we just want them to have the best life possible. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, I'm sure my mom would like to cure my snarkiness. So, right. <laughs> right. but, you know, she probably wouldn't phrase it that way. So and, and it's. I think once you explain that, because a lot of times people, you know, when we say it's there's no cure like you yeah know, they have a visceral kind of reaction at times and I think it's just it's everyone's experiences so for you guys as an organization to realize you know what like we're just gonna back yeah. off of that a bit and yeah let's yeah. take it out of our mission you're just redirecting it you yeah. know those people can have that opinion just like 
Yeah. Anybody else can have whatever opinion they have opposite of that. But I think that is a great first step as an organization. It's kind of like you're modeling it for others. Well, and just it's all about this acceptance of individuals Mm -hmm. and where people are. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. I think mostly what I appreciate, especially, you know, coming back to the organization, the thoughtfulness and that these are conversations that you know, we really want to be responsive to the community and to individuals. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't please everyone 100% right. of the time, no, right. but I really appreciate that we're trying to have these thoughtful conversations and, you know, figure out what's the best language to use. Because this, it, you know, I think who we are and autism affects you at such a core of who you are as an individual, it is incredibly personal. And so um, I always tell a lot of our staff, you know, the good news is everyone's really passionate. Sometimes the bad news is everyone's really passionate. (laughs) So, you know, it's remarkable community to be a part of. I've never seen, since you guys are lawyers, I'm sure you probably hear this a lot. I like to call us fiercely determined. Uh, (laughs) So I'm sure the school district might have different names for me, but, you know, there's just so much. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's, it's a great I look at, you know, the opportunities that Griffin has really presented me with as, you know, he has made my life so much fuller and so much more full of meaning. And I think being a part of Autism Speaks, I really appreciate that, that it is a way that, you know, I can go to work every single day, staff or volunteer, and really feel like I am truly making a difference that, you know, lots of things, whether it's employment or early diagnosis, that there's so much work to be done, but it's really meaningful work. Yeah. Well, I mean, it takes a lot of fierce advocates in order to make change, in order for people to be aware. I mean, if there weren't a lot of parents like you, mainstream wouldn't be aware of not only the issues surrounding, you know, child with autism, how they're growing up and how they live and the support that they need, but also that there are so many great parts of those kids and these adults that it's the both sides that just like anyone, you know, we have to take them as their whole, their individuality, you know, their autism gives them both the good and the bad, just like anything that, you know, a child any feature, you know, a child has. And I think it's through that fierce advocacy that really, I think the world kind of has become more aware of that positive side. Because you hear the word diagnosis and immediately most people think diagnosis is a bad thing. Yeah. Right. But it's not always the case, but it it takes people being aware because until anyone knows about what autism is, they might think one thing and it's all about educating people and the best way to educate them is to be passionate about it you're not going to listen to someone who's you know just very monotone you're not (laughs) going to really gain much from them right like the teacher in the charlie brown cartoons yeah you're not getting much out of them but when you hear someone's very passionate about something it's like it builds a fire under everyone like oh this is important this is something that even if it doesn't touch my life it's something that i should care about or i should at least pay attention to Yeah. And I think you were talking about the 100-day toolkit. It actually is, I think, one of the first things we've done. And I think it's one of the most important because it used to be you got a diagnosis and they're like, okay, bye. Right. And you're like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do now? And, you know, it's a lot of research and how do you. So the 100-day kit, you know, available 
totally free of charge. It actually is like 100 pages. So we actually will, we you can call our autism response team and they will send it to a FedEx free of charge. Oh, so wow. it'll be printed out so you don't have to like use all your printer ink. Oh, that's um, amazing. Near you. And like I said, you can pick it up free of charge. But it's great because it'll kind of be like, okay, let's set a game plan. It's kind of like when you get a new job. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? What's your 30, 60, well, 90 day plan? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just to kind of give you an outline to get you started. Yeah. I like to think of it, I think we should call it, you know, the 100 day safety net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you just, it's something you probably have no idea about what to do and you need someone to kind of help guide you through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think so much of our toolkits and information, I always like to think of it, it's a conversation you would have with another mom yes. in like a waiting room. Because that's where we used to get all our information. You'd be sitting there waiting for your child for their one-hour speech therapy, and you'd be like, hey, where do you go? Hey, what do you do? You know, and you get that conversation going and sharing those resources. Right. You know, if you are getting heart surgery, you definitely want to talk to the surgeon. How many times have you done this? You know, this, you know, the very medical side of it. And then maybe you want to talk to somebody that has actually had the heart surgery. Yeah. You know, what was recovery like? Because the doctor is going to be like, yeah, recovery is anywhere from 10, you know, and it's just like, okay, that's a very, like, not everybody's like that. But then you want to talk to somebody that's actually experienced that because they're going to have a very different point of view of the things that you're going to have to deal with after. And I like to see Autism Speaks as that kind of, you know, like you had said, friend, where you're just like, there's so many different resources and it's there. Yeah. But then even if you're overwhelmed by that, you could probably hook up with somebody in around. I'm sure you guys have meetings. We could talk about more of the resources or just kind of like mommy cafes, if you will. You know, that was something after I had my baby girl, she's almost nine months, which is like so crazy. But, you know, they have these mommy cafes. It's yeah. like, you got to talk to other people there, you know, because you don't know. And there's so much out there. Google is like your worst friend and your <laughs> best friend. But that's why it's important to have an organization like Autism Speak because you're just not putting stuff up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's research. It's based on something that people can trust. And I think yeah. that you guys have done an excellent job of doing that over the years. I'm trying to think, and you may not know off the top of your head, how long has Autism Speaks been around? 15 years. So it has been just 15 years. Wow. I can't believe it's only been 15 years. I wanted to say it was at least 20. Yeah. Right? I thought you were going to say like 30. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at other nonprofits, we are pretty much a baby nonprofit in terms. And then you look at the impact, I think, that we've been able to have. That's that's what it is. Pretty remarkable. I think the organization's been very good about saying, you know, we have certainly made some mistakes. You know, we came on the scene big and bold and probably stepped on more than a few toes, you know, like with every human being, good news, bad news, right? So I think kind of, I appreciate that we are able to recognize that and that it's not one size fits all for everyone. So, you know, how do we kind of rein some things back in and then really figure out what our role is? And, you know, since we aren't a direct service provider, how do we really work together, you know, that, you know, I'm big on, you know, it's not about fighting over the same little pond of water between other organizations. It's about raising the water level. And how do we do that? Because we need to do it for our kids, for our families. And I think one of the things that personally I have found that I find that when you, autism is very isolating. Yeah. You know, that there's, 
you know, you go to mommy and me and you have this path and then sometimes you get this diagnosis mm -hmm. and your experience is so much different mm -hmm. than the people that you hung out with yes. before and they don't really know how to relate mm -hmm. and right. you're, you know, now spending there's no play dates because you've got speech therapy, right. occupational right. therapy, yeah. you know, yeah. all these extra 40 hours, you know, a week. So how do, you know, we like, I think that's one of the things we enjoy, I love most about Walk Day is that for a lot of people, you know, it's the one day a year where they get to celebrate their kids and their yeah. family. And yeah. I always say everyone there gets it. Yeah. I used to say, you know what, if your child doesn't flap their hands in line, I get to stare at you that day. Yeah. Right. It's like right. opposite day, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Well, everyone needs someone that they can relate to. You yeah. can't just be, you know, talking to a wall. You know, we got that to a certain extent when we first opened up our shop because, you know, the emphasis is like, oh, you're an attorney, you have to like network with attorneys. But the area that we practice, it's so unique. It's very new. Yeah. 40, 50 years old. It's administrative law, very different. And we kind of call it the wild, wild west. We talk to our attorney friends and they just have no idea. It's such a different experience from the way that they practice law. And when we both first started, we were at different firms. And so like we were our, each other's only like source of that. And then we came together. We're like, it is isolating when you're going through something that you think you're the only one. And the yeah. reality is these families, these kids are not the only ones, but they think yeah. it is because of the way that our system is set up, our yeah. education system, just so much of this country is set up that it in fact isolates. And I think yeah. what's great is when organizations come out and are like, no, 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 we need to make it more prevalent that you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. And so I think that's great. And the times change. So you kind of have to change the way you operate because, you know, new technology comes out. We know that there's new resources out there. New companies and organizations come out. Like, you know, we, I mean, I'm sure when AAC devices really became, you know, more popular when the iPad came out and yeah. apps came out that we could use as communication devices. I mean, that changed the game, right? And so every time that happens, we have to kind of reevaluate how can we best support these kids. So I think that's important. Well, I think one of the good things about that is that everyone doesn't need to recreate the wheel. Right, right. You know, that there is this sense of we can build on what's out there. And, you know, if like housing, for example, you know, if they're doing something great in Seattle, somebody in Miami doesn't have to recreate it. Right. Um, one of the things I absolutely love about the organization, and I am so not a science person, <laughs> my seventh grade teacher probably still remembers how much I freaked out about oh the frog. Um, so yeah, so not my strong point. But what I loved about what we set up was this whole open science database, which sounds complicated. But basically what they said, like we teach all of our kids, is that we will give you all the information about all these people. Like we have right. 10,000 people in our oh genome gosh. database. And it's like, you all can have it for free. Right. For free. Right. They used to spend... 50% of their budget just trying to find this tiny little database. So we'll give it to you for free, but you all need to talk to each other and you need to share your results, mm -hmm. yeah. which mm -hmm. was revolutionary in the science field. I was just going to say, in yeah. the science well, field. everybody's having their own yeah. piece, right? It's they're all doing right. their test yep. at yep. school yep. with their arm yep. over their paper yep. and 100%. no, my name needs to be on there. And we're like, I don't care right. who finds the answers. Yeah. I really don't care, yeah. Yeah. but I need for it to happen faster. Yeah. And I yeah. appreciate that. And everything that we've done has really been built around that. So how can we throw more money at something, get more people? Because right. 
We just right. got to move this boulder up the hill faster. We know so little about the brain. Yes. Just period. In general. In general. Yeah. And I think that, you know, being able to have the funding resource and to give, you know, the scientists this kind of like, yeah. you got to share everything. And it's not that we're trying to find, you know, a different way of preventing it. It's just like, we just need to know yeah. more about it. And I think that for some people, that's really helpful. Like they want to know everything, yeah. you know, if and when, you know, they're diagnosed with cancer, let's say, yeah. you know, there's some people that you know, want to know everything and they want to know, you know, and they talk to the, all the medical professionals. And then there's just some people that don't want to hear any of that. And they want to talk to people who have gone through and who have battled. And I think that it's just so different for this area, especially because there's so many things that can affect, right? They're yes. growing, like kids are constantly growing and changing. So what happened last year is gonna be different than what is gonna happen this year. And we see that all the time, even just maturity. You yeah. know, I've had clients in the past where, you know, the child, he's in kindergarten and she's like, he doesn't make eye contact and this, and they're like, no kindergartners make eye contact, you know, or, or I was talking to him and, and she's like, you know, he's just not talking. I was like, maybe he's shy. Yeah. Like, he can be shy and have autism. Like, you know, he doesn't, you know, it's not because of the autism that he's not, yeah. like, maybe he's just, or maybe he's not interested in what you're talking about, you know, yeah. Yeah. and just bringing and helping parents, you know, come back to, you yeah. know, it's your child. Like, this is just one yeah. aspect of her profile. And I think that that is also something that Autism Speaks has done really well with the research and with distributing that information. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, like I said, science, not my strong suit, <laughs> but one of the key decisions I think we made early on was that, you know, obviously we do walks, we fundraise, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. But even if you have a million dollar walk, a million dollars doesn't go that far for science. Right. And so what we've quickly found out is that the government science, the NIH has way more money than we could ever possibly fundraise. But so you have to, the way the NIH works is you have to take it from someone else. Mm. It's not like the pot gets any bigger. Mm. It's like, okay, you get this percentage. Mm -hmm. And so as our numbers of people impacted by autism go up, you have to advocate for, we need more money from the, because they don't mm -hmm. just offer it mm -hmm. to you. Right. Right. Oh, right. You, no, like they don't be like, you know, we should really give you more money. Right. That said no legislator yeah, ever. ever yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so you have to really have a strong advocacy team that can go in and really fight for, this is the research that we need. These are, you know, the studies that we really need to fund, you know, whether it's Alzheimer's or cancer right. or autism. Right. And, you know, that takes a really mm -hmm. dedicated effort. And it also takes families and individuals on the local level to be calling yes, and right. coordinating. So I think one of the things Autism Speaks does really well is getting that effort out there because we are, you know, national, international, and we have a lot of feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. So that is a much more impactful effort than having miscellaneous individuals mm -hmm. across the country. So right. everyone coming together and really being like, wow, their voice is really loud. Right. Maybe we should pay yeah. attention. Right, yeah. And how can we start to, you know, reallocate some of these right. funds? So I think that's a piece that gets lost a bit, mm -hmm. you know, because we're always like, what is Autism Speaks doing for me and my family? And, you know, I think because I'm old and have been around so long that you forget that 
there's so much groundwork that has had to be laid. Mm-hmm. We had to teach people what autism was right. in terms of awareness. And We've, you could be there forever. Oh, yeah. People. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but we yeah. want to move, you know, yeah. awareness is yeah. great. We yeah. like to say everyone in our household, very aware. Aware. So, you know, <laughs> like, aware. We, got we got that. We got it. We got it. Yeah. And then, you know, advocacy, like making sure there's funding for research. Mm-hmm. And then also, same thing with insurance reform. Yeah. You know? Right. I, we used to spend a good $60,000 a year because speech wasn't paid for. He's not talking. Why does he need speech therapy? That's a brilliant argument. Um, Well, people are still making that argument. Yeah, you know. But now the insurance companies are paying for a lot more than they ever paid for. So So it came from somewhere. Yeah, people had to advocate Mm -hmm. for that. And Mm -hmm. so excited that Tennessee, the last holdout state, finally approved autism, you know, insurance reform. Yay. Took long enough. (laughs) I feel like the entire country was like, we're now focused, like, come on, Tennessee. A lot of peer pressure. But that's amazing. I mean, it took a while, but I mean, that in and of itself and just, you know, with the reforms that we've seen with with insurance and, you know, we get it. Like some parents are just like, why is it just for autism? And it's just like, look, it's a feather in all of our caps. Because it's like you said, the water is raising for all the boats. Yeah. And I think that that is it's hard for parents to understand that. And that's why, you know, even 15 years ago, we saw a rush of parents wanting the autism diagnosis because there was a one size fits all approach in the school districts where it's like, well, if you got autism, then you're gonna get speech OT, you're gonna get this amount of time in the special day classrooms. And, And parents were just like, look, my kid needs help. He doesn't necessarily have autism, but can, you know, and there was this whole thing and and we saw it in our side of the pond, if you will. And it was awful, right? Because it's like, that's not appropriate for your child. You know, that's not anywhere. But that's how people start to think. And I think that, I mean, even with Tennessee taking forever, I mean, that's huge. Now all states, like, that's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, it's taken a long amount of time. And I think what's so frustrating as a parent is that, you know, you get this and you're like, why isn't this available? Right. <laughs> and, you know, the hard answer a lot of times is, well, it hasn't been created yet. So the impetus really is on, I mean, when it's on us as an organization to start right. some of this, but you have to get lots of volunteers, lots of individuals really helping to make that happen. So whether it's employment or housing, There's, you know, the bad news is there's a lot of work to be done, but it's also incredibly meaningful. And I feel like we are able as an organization to give people that forum, that opportunity to really, you know, make that change. And and that's like the voice that we try to give as much as we can on this podcast. It's it's like, you know, legislatures, if they're going to make change, they need to know what change we want to be made. They can't read our minds. They work for us. Exactly. But it's like, I think a lot of people think, well, I'm just one parent. It's not going to make any impact. But if you call and you have five friends call and they have five friends call, eventually yeah. you're going to have your le- your local legislator knowing that yes. there's hundreds and thousands of families that are affected that want a certain outcome. But it doesn't happen automatically. They no. don't know. Just like, you know, at the end of the day, most people years ago didn't even know what autism was most people that aren't affected with autism don't even understand the struggles that families go through they don't understand that insurance doesn't cover it right and most people wouldn't know that so you know 
and there's so many issues legislators have to, you know, yeah. know about that they're not going to go and seek it themselves. You need to tell them. So I think it's great to have kind of people on the ground, feet on the ground, making this conscious effort to say, you know, we need to do this advocacy. And I think more organizations need to do that. I think we see a lot of organizations that shy away from taking a stance on things on like, this is something that we need to push forward. Yeah. And, you know, we try to, you know, kind of open that conversation up because it needs to be talked about more because change won't happen until yeah. we do. I think one of the things I'm really excited about that we're doing here in Southern California is the employment initiative. So we've had companies come to us and say, hey, you know what, I want to make sure my child has a job when they grow up. So how do I get something like that started at my company? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of those where we don't have all the answers. There isn't right. like... There isn't necessarily a toolkit for that that says, okay, you do this, this, and mm -hmm. this, but we're having a roundtable discussion for businesses, and then we're also doing a public event that talks about, like, what does autism mean in the workplace? Right. So that a lot of companies are like, yeah, we want to do something, but what does that entail? Do what I does start? it look like? And so, mm -hmm. you know, having those conversations, I know we were talking to one employer, and they're like, oh, if they don't make eye contact, they don't make it past the first interview. Oh. And it was like, oh, well, wow. heads up. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. may not be a strong point, but, you know, here's, if you can kind of think differently a little bit, then this is really, you know, a great group of employees yeah. that you can get. Or it may be as simple as fluorescent lights really, you know, impact their ability to concentrate. Or right. they may just need to wear headphones all day. Right. So that they're, you know, for some people it can be a minor tweak or it can be, you know, a huge adjustment that they might be able to make. But let's start having those conversations yeah. so that it's not this big black box that right. everyone's afraid of, mm -hmm. but, you know, getting people to start thinking about it. Because I think the more you can just get something started, then the more you're going to improve. Or even just being open to change. Yeah. Right? Not having this idea that everything has to stay the same. Everything yeah. has to be done a certain way. It's like, no, you can just have an open mind. And yeah. it's like most of these fixes are things that are very easy fixes yeah. and they're very obvious fixes. It doesn't take a specialist to say, yeah. to come in and consult. I'd say most people, accommodations that they would need are things that either they'd be able to advocate, this is the things that yeah. you know would be helpful or are easy for you know anyone to kind of realize. And we always say this, I mean, what works well for you know, kids living with autism probably works well for a lot of people. <laughs> having the flexibility, and we talk about yeah. in school, like having the flexibility of, you know, the classrooms that have the multiple level desks that can go, you know, really on, the, so they can sit on the floor and then they can sit on a stool or they could stand. Like, that doesn't just help the kids who actually need it to help with focus. That's going to help everyone by having yeah. those options and giving kids the idea that options works well because yeah. everyone can kind of do what works best for them. I mean, I think that starts early on, too. Yeah. It's kind of like working from home. You know, 10 right, yeah. years ago, everyone was like, no, oh, you, you can't, can't do that. No, we couldn't possibly. And now right. everyone's kind of going, oh, well, there's, you know, some real advantages. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I think it's about having those conversations and getting people to start to think a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. Yeah. We could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that, um, that you were able to come on and kind of give people a deeper look inside of Autism Speaks, where they're going in the future, which was really exciting. I didn't know that that's what we would be talking about. But everything that you guys are doing, especially here in Southern California and obviously throughout California and throughout 
the states and even internationally, which is exciting. We just appreciate it. And Thank you. we appreciate you for coming on. We typically like to end if you have like a story, maybe of a family that you worked with or just even a series of families that you know have been, aside from your own family, if you want to share another story of Griffin, that we would love that because we just like ending on a big positive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a story. <laughs> I mean, we. I would love to talk about the walk real quick. Yeah, about yeah absolutely. Yeah. Talk. talk about biology. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, I love biology. Yeah. Uh, so do we. So do we. <laughs> so I'm the manager of field development in Orange County. So I'm the rep out here. And I work with our local sponsors in the territory. Oh, okay. And we work throughout the year to put together the walk that happens on mm-hmm. this year, December 8th. It's mm-hmm. usually the first weekend of December at Angel Stadium. And about 7,000 people come together and we just celebrate, you know, the loved ones on the spectrum. Yeah. So our presenting sponsor is Service Champions Heating and Air Conditioning. And they're a company in Brea, which is just has been like a nine-year sponsor and given wow. us amazing support. Wow. He has a grandson on the spectrum, and so he's and his entire company just really loves the mission, and so wow. that's really great. But Pyology came on board two years ago now. This will be yeah their second year, third year, yeah third year as a sponsor and. It started with, in the Westminster location, the general manager had realized that a family was coming in and that their loved one, or I want to say their son, was on the spectrum. And the he had some staff members who were behind the counter putting together the pizzas, and they were laughing about something. And, I, you know, the family misread the oh, situation, yeah. and so they left. Oh. And he picked up on that, and, he, and they weren't laughing at that specific yeah. situation. They were laughing at something else. And... He reached out to us and he was like, you know what, I really want to make sure that the community knows that that's not what happened here and that we do support Autism Speaks and their amazing mission. And so brought us on board and has, I mean, they do fundraisers, two fundraisers a year. So on top of their fundraising corporate dollars. Like I remember like when the Fullerton location and that was like maybe eight years ago, maybe a little bit. Or, like, they're young, too, I feel. Yeah, like. they are. Yeah, and so that's amazing that yeah. they, like, you know, and because they're young and they haven't been a pizza place for, you know, 30 years, like, that he was just like, oh, I want to reach out to you. Yes. I want to come to you. I know you guys. Yeah. I know you guys do good work, and we want to sponsor. That's amazing. Yeah. And they, they have a great gluten-free pizza. They yeah, do. they do. I mean, yeah. they have the yeah. options. They've got I think some. now they have, like, a cauliflower one as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Cauliflower <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going. Like, they've, I love them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're no, really them great. More. Yes, yeah. and they've got employees on the spectrum. They've got Very family cool. members of their cohort, you know, of workers yeah. there. And so it's just been like That's such really a cool. chance for them to come together and feel yeah. empowered to do something in their community. Exactly. Yeah. And so we really appreciate them. And they're a great story. They have the most popular booth at the walk. They do. I mean, they really do. Yeah. So well, and what I appreciate about them, I think, especially, you know, in the context of the walk is that, you know, I always say I do this because I have to. And so I really appreciate those that support our community Mm -hmm. because they choose to. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially with Pyology, the fact that they just saw this opportunity and they were like, hey, you know what, we just want to make sure you know that we support you. And I think that is Mm -hmm. such an important element of our walks because it really is that for my family, it's like the one day a year where we can really go out in public, we have a great time, and we get to celebrate mm-hmm. Griffin. Obviously, it's a big 
fundraiser for us, which we really appreciate. But it's about, you know, that not being alone, being this big group. You mm-hmm. see all these other individuals connected. Yeah. You you meet every mom you've ever met at a, you know, <laughs> doctor's uh, mm-hmm. waiting room, mm-hmm. you know, your advocates, your lawyers, mm-hmm. you know, your doctors, things like that. Really that time where you get to come together and really be this community, which yeah. I think is a really remarkable experience and just that sense of hope and that, you know what, we're going to move this thing forward and we're going to do what we need to do, that fiercely determined group of parents. Mm -hmm. I'm very goal-oriented, so I like to set a really high fundraising goal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every year. (laughs) My husband's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Every year it gets bigger and bigger, which is great. I love that. But, you know, it's this, like, measurable way for me to feel like I've made progress. Yeah. You know, Griffin's been a bit slower, so all those milestones, like – it's taken a really long time, so I need the immediate gratification mm-hmm. of having accomplished a goal. Yeah. Right. So I do that with my fundraising goal. Yeah, I love it. So. It's, a good, <laughs> it's a good use of energy. It yeah. is, you know what? And you understand that about yourself, and yes. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's okay. Yep. Yeah, and you know, it's my way of you know contributing to the cause because I know that that's going to have a direct impact. Exactly. So yeah, it's a great experience. We are We're yeah, so glad that you so guys happy. came on, and I'm yeah. sure we'll have you guys on again. There's just so much that we could be talking about. And, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get more information about your 100-Day Toolkit and information about the December walk, and we'll post it in our show notes as well as on social media. So hopefully we can help spread the word. And Perfect. website is autismspeaks.org. Um, you can always send us an email at southernca at autismspeaks.org. Okay. Clearly someone on the East Coast came up with that. We're like so (laughs) cow. Yeah, you're like, what? I was like, all right, no one spells out Southern, but it's fine. And then, yeah, on our website, you can get to the walk, all of our resources. We also have an 800 number for autism response team. So anyone that has questions, they've just gotten diagnosed, they've just moved, they're really struggling with something. Yeah you know, they're a great resource that's available. It's um, weird saying this. A live human will answer the phone. Uh, well, yes. it's accessible Thank to you. those that want to yeah. see, you know, just the written material and then yeah. those yeah. that need that live person. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and we, we do also see. have someone that speaks Spanish as well. Oh, excellent. Awesome. And we also have resources in Spanish. So we have Perfect. a whole excellent. tab now that says en espanol. Nice. So it's mm-hmm. easier. That's important. Mm-hmm. You guys are always striving for that inclusivity and we just appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being on, and we will talk to you guys later. See you next week. Bye. Bye.